0: The views and opinions expressed on Eye on the Triangle do not represent WKNC or NC State student media. You are currently tuned in to Eye on the Triangle here on WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Raleigh. Hello everyone, this is Brian Hurado, the Public Affairs Director at WKNC and host of Eye on the Triangle. We are starting off today's episode with an interview with horticultural science professor Remy Hamm. We're talking about spring gardening and how to get those seed packets into some actual veggies. Following this interview, technician news editors Abigail, Heidi, and Emily will have some weekly news for y'all. So stay tuned. This is Brian Jurado of WKNC, and today I'm joined with Professor Ham, a uh, teaching professor here at the School of Horticulture and Science at NC State.
1: Hello, um, Brian. First, it's great to be here with you. And I am Remy Ham, a uh, professor, assistant teaching professor in the Department of Horticultural Science. And I teach a number of classes in this department, uh, ranging from home food production, which I teach two courses of, and also gardening with herbaceous perennials, and a world to introduce introduction to horticulture class as well
0: well thank you so much for joining us today uh just wanted to get like a little bit of a brief background on what kind of led to nc state oh man
1: Uh, First, it's no secret to you, Brian, that I love growing, uh, I love growing fruits, and I love growing vegetables, and I love people and communities, Uh, and my work has been in the realm of food gardens, more specifically for kids, you know, teaching them and wanting them to be inspired to grow their own food, but what led me to NC State is the work that's being done in this department that really supports that. You know, I also have an extension role as farm to school coordinator. Um, so I work with people, I work with farmers, I work with um, food security or food yeah. insecurity. And uh, NC State is a wonderful think and do model and that's really what I do here, I get to grow. I get to teach people how to grow um, and empowering in that way. And food connects us in a meaningful way. So, also building community as well.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of ventured out and explored a little bit of that like gardening community, especially with the Raleigh City Farm and Well Fed mm-hmm. that are kind of around us. Yeah. Uh, how do you go about like kind of spreading out that community beyond just like being here at NC State?
1: Mm, well, I mean, I've had the pleasure of, I mean, I work in a lot of school spaces and first working with, like, kids and teaching them, but then also in community gardens. You know, I've worked in a number of community gardens in Southern Raleigh. I think that... Our, our food uh, and those community gardens are great because you get to have conversations and the community part is not only sharing the harvest but uh, sharing gardening tips i like how do you pick your watermelon how do you grow this or how do you grow your squash or you know even talking about pests or uh, what's the best way to cook an eggplant I tell everyone eggplant is not my favorite vegetable but like the community engagement that we have of like okay well maybe you should try it this way or maybe you should try it that way uh, food has a unique power to join us together and growing even so I think more so has a great power of joining communities together
0: Great, thank you Well, we kind of wanted to focus this segment on is that lost gardener I was that lost gardener (laughs) maybe like a couple months ago but I was have the uh, pleasure to take home food production with you. So it's been kind of Yay. a great process just learning and just also kind of finding that community as well mm-hmm. through like, our discussion post, which has been very, very cool. But awesome. once again, just going back to that lost gardener, uh, where do you think is like the best place to start if you're somebody that has like that desire to start a garden? It can be very intimidating when you first like set your mind to it, I would say.
1: I hear that so much about the intimidating factor. I will... Tell anyone who's interested in getting started, yay, I'm glad you're interested. (laughs) And then also start small. You know it's those small victories of you know start with a low growing like a a lettuce or herbs and then you're like okay i did it all right success now maybe we could take a step to something else like maybe we could take a step to like a tomato or maybe we could take a step to like root vegetables like carrots um so i always encourage anyone who's interested it's very uh, enticing to go big of like i want to start a garden so i'm going to do this whole like raised bed garden without a little bit of knowledge. So container gardens are amazing. I grow in containers all the time and you can get some rich harvest from just container gardens. I can grow tomatoes in containers. I grow herbs in containers. They're interchangeable. So my biggest suggestion would be to smart, start small and those small victories are hoped that you can continue and feel empowered to grow your garden even larger.
0: Great. And for someone that does want to do like that container, small garden, what resources do you recommend to like seek out for in terms of just figuring out soil, just figuring out just what kind of seeds to grow? I think that's probably one of the most intimidating things to me is like you get a packet of seeds and it has all these instructions (laughs) labeled on the back. And you're like, if you don't do this right, it's not going to work. And then you like wasted so much time. So like, what do you recommend? What's like the secret recipe to make sure it works out sometimes? Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, first I wanna say don't be afraid to fail. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time. So I have failed a lot of times too and I've learned a lot from that. That's the fun thing about horticultural science. You learn a lot in science from failures and things that didn't work out. So anyone who's listening, I would encourage you just because your lettuce died, it's okay, (laughs) try again. So that's the first thing. Uh, Second thing, I wanna make a big plug for the Extension Gardener's Handbook. You know, there's a lot of great resources, more specifically related to North Carolina that are great. It helps with soil, pH, um, great thing about North Carolina, we can get our soil tested during certain parts of the season for free and not a lot of people take advantage of that. Um, so. Extension gardeners handbook is a great resource online especially if you can't take my class clearly that's a plug for the uh, Class but uh, that's a great place to start Um, And I would start with you mentioned seeds and it's funny that you mentioned seeds because I have like a whole bunch of seeds That I'm sorting through right now. Um, I would say even Think about seeds that grow fast. So uh, pole beans, or green green beans that are pole beans, those grow really fast, and you see the germination, you're like, oh my gosh, and it gives you that immediate um, satisfaction of like, okay, something's growing. So I would even suggest start with like fast growing things like um, basil, believe it or not, is from seed, grows really fast. I just planted some last week and I have germination that's occurring like I just checked today so um, I know it sounds may sound funny but like hey start start with the easy growers that happens really fast and I think that also helps there's a lot that can be learned from that as well
0: yeah I've actually planted some basil last week as well I've kind of kind of chilling on my windowsill for a little bit and I'm starting to see some germination which I'm very very excited about Uh, but even this is kind of like tips going towards me because I'm being a little selfish here but (laughs) just in general like how do you keep that plant like alive
1: yes um that's a great question first foundation is key it is it just is making sure that you have if you're growing in containers making sure that you're using the proper media so like don't Get um, heavy garden soil and place it in your containers because it doesn't allow to drain. If you're growing in containers, please, 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 please add drainage holes. All right, so that's the first thing. So foundation, your soil is key. Making sure you have the proper plant media, um, making sure that your soil drains well, and um, watering. Uh, One way to kill a plant really fast is overwatering it. It's very tempting to just be like, oh my gosh, uh, it doesn't look well, let me add some more water. Always check your soil. You know, do a finger dip test and seeing if that um, that soil kind of stays on your finger. Usually, if the soil or media stays on your finger, it's kind of it's okay. It's, you don't have to. Um, if it's damp to the touch, you don't have to rewater it. Um, and if it's crumbly and it kind of falls off, then usually you might want to add up more water if the soil's dry to the touch. Another note is sunlight. Like for a lot of the vegetables that we're growing, even our leafy greens really need sunlight. So if you don't have access to, um, like, if you're growing on a patio, you know, making sure that you have the right amount of sunlight is really important. If you need to, even, I'm um, like, I have grow lights at um, home, and I actually went to the store this weekend and saw some. They were like ten dollars or five dollars, so it doesn't have to be really cost prohibitive. But the big things are foundation of soil is really important. What proper watering techniques are important. Making sure you don't overwater is very tempting. Plants are really resilient, more resilient than we give them credit for, and the proper light is really important as well.
0: Great, and just kind of talking more about that lighting, especially with like grow lights, a lot of students here live in like very low light apartments. Those were like my first two apartments, barely got any sun. Uh, What tips would you give for someone that's trying to maybe get a little bit of a garden going in a very low light?
1: Yeah, you know, grow lights. Uh, I won't go ahead and get into the, like the science, although it's tempting of like the photosynthetic process and you need lights for UV rays and all that stuff. Um, just to keep it really simple and brief, you know, grow lights help to compensate for the low light that you may be getting, so, or in the light that your plants really need to thrive, right? So, as noted earlier, they don't have to be cost prohibitive. You can certainly, you know, um, Maybe under even twenty dollars, get a really great grow light. Uh, now, if it, and I say all this with an asterisk beside it, because if you're like trying to do a huge garden, like it, it just depends. If the price point obviously goes up if you need a larger garden, but if you're just like I just want to grow basil or I just want to grow, um, you know, lettuce in my apartment, then that's really helpful. Um, that and they're really you know they're really accessible on online shopping, or you can even go in like a hardware store and, and get a grow light
0: and just kind of going a little bit more into the edible landscape Mm -hmm. in terms of just there's a lot of community gardens around here what do you see like the future of that going towards
1: yeah oh man you hit one that's like really dear to me (laughs) um and i will say this um and you've heard me say it before in class you don't need a lot of space to grow something to to harvest from it and I think even now we need to really rethink how we plant and how we do our landscape you don't have to have a container garden that's formal you don't have to have a raised bed garden that's formal you literally can integrate strawberries and kale and collards all within your ornamental landscape it's a two-for-one and I don't think these plants get enough credit for being really pretty you know (laughs) Strawberries, amazing ground cover, and as a perennial, you only have to plant it once, and it keeps coming back each season. Uh, our collars and our kales are annuals, but it adds wonderful texture. And I really think that, uh, you know, as a landscape designer, but even as in this department in horticultural science, really wanting students and even faculty and adults to think about how we reuse our, uh, how we use our landscapes, uh, and they can be something that you harvest from and be equally gorgeous you know so there's a lot that could be still done in that space (laughs) but you know i think it's just small strides if you go outside kilgore you'll see a whole bunch of kale that we planted so yeah
0: yeah and just talking about campus a little bit more i was walking through and there's a bunch of flowers already blooming Mm -hmm. even just outside of my house there's got some daffodils that have risen from the dead basically but (laughs) um is there any spots on campus that you personally like to go to just kind of take it all in a little Mm. bit
1: I am well I'll I'll admit I'm still meandering trying to go beyond the Kilgore like bubble that I uh, tend to go in but uh, I will say I like to go near Tally I like to walk near you know I was even I was thinking about the Pack Pantry and I was like oh wouldn't it be cool to like walk by the my pack pantry and there'd be an edible landscape there too just I mean there's power in learning how to grow your own food and it's great to also have a demonstrative way to do that as well, and, I mean, shucks, you can harvest from too, right? Uh, but no, I, I love, there's so many wonderful places of on campus. My favorite thing to do after class, I always walk to the like bell tower often, just as like a, ha, huh. <laughs> and, and just to see what's blooming. You mentioned daffodils. I'm always looking at the different um, bulbs that are emerging this time of year too, but going back to strawberries they'll be popping out uh, near kilgore if anyone who's listening um, comes to kilgore and wants to um, harvest from those strawberries and also behind the building in the courtyard the fig tree that's by there i don't know if you've ever had uh, seen it but like students during the fall when they're actually harvesting i think that brings me the best joy of like this is a multi-purpose landscape you know so those are there are spots here and there that are wonderful but i love the ones that are producing and you can harvest from
0: yeah thank you yeah. and kind of just going into the uh, kind of more diversity of gardening yeah. in terms of like age and just anybody can really get into it do you have any favorite gardening moments that have kind of like cemented your passion for this
1: uh, I often get the question, even sometimes from students, they'll look at me and be like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and I'm like, well, first, because it's uh, it's just a love. Like, I connect with plants in such a meaningful way. Like, plants teach me a lot, and um, I think there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from that. What I do enjoy, and I love how growing more specifically home food production and food-producing crops um, it doesn't matter how old you are to learn. You know, I have had sixty-year-old students who are like, "Oh my gosh, that's how broccoli grows!" Like I've never known all my life. I've never known, and like the aha moments or the wonder. I think sometimes, as adults, um, even like students or adults, like we don't take time to be, uh, like, have the majestic moments or the moments of wonder. And I think that's what, specifically for me, food production offers brussels sprouts have you seen brussels sprouts it's like what that's amazing <laughs> like, that's, i mean i don't know if that's not magical to you um i don't know what it is it's like and that's what food does and that's what um home food production does so like i love that generationally whether i'm teaching a five-year-old how to harvest peas and the magic of like you know we can tie it to literature like beanstalks and things to my post-career students who um, are just taking my classes just out of sheer interest Uh, there's just a lot to be learned and that's what I love about it it's the garden is always teaching us a lesson even for pests and you know even though we don't love them sometimes but we still learn from that as well so I think the gardens are always teaching us lessons no matter what age we are
0: I agree I think that's what been like the great part about taking your course is just kind of learning through everybody else's like process but Mm -hmm. also learning through my own personal process and having those conversations uh just in general um you said that a lot of gardening comes with mistakes but how do you like be how are you able to like figure out what mistake you made i know a lot of people tend to keep like a journal yeah and that's how they kind of keep it like learning like this is what i messed up but for somebody that's very new to it how do you know what you messed up
1: Mm. usually for like new gardeners they'll (laughs) i have some that are like i just give up remy i'm just not doing it (laughs) anymore you you remember your first time of like i don't want to say the mess up but like yeah the mess up uh for me it has been the process i document you know i take pictures and things like that to help me like remember or like i'll remember pests that way as well uh i think the lessons to be learned and how to even like document and understand. I, I again, I want to put a plug out to our extension resources. That's one thing I love about NC State is not only just the doing aspect, but the research behind it, and like learning a lot about pests. Like while I um, I'm still learning, even like I don't know all the pests that are available, but um, I think that's the part of trying to document it, whatever works well for you. I'm a photo taker, so I'm always taking pictures. And I'm cross-referencing it with research. And usually the extension gardener handbook or extension um, resources are what I go to, for sure.
0: Great. And yeah. just kind of touching more into your own personal gardening experience, it's the spring. Yes. Everything's becoming very beautiful. we got a very beautiful day today. Yes. So, like, what are your personal favorite crops to grow? What are you What are you really excited about?
1: my most excited okay first tomorrow actually i'm going to be planting my peas all right and peas. i i don't know about you but like everyone in my family hates peas except when they're fresh from the garden so i'm like i too can make you a believer that fresh garden peas are amazing so i'm excited about planting my peas i think there's something magical about like how they climb up a pole which is amazing i'm excited about um what else i started a hydroponic system on my deck like uh, about a week ago so i'm excited oh, wow. about that uh and i just can't wait i've planted strawberries for the first time in my hydroponic system so that's the part of wonder uh that you know i was alluding to uh, and then what else am i excited i'm excited also to get my um like radishes and carrots in the ground as well I love growing root crops so and they're kind of radishes and carrots are more of a like a set it and forget it I mean there's a little bit of thinning and a little bit of like care that needs to happen but I love the part where when they're ready for harvest it's like the oh my gosh that's under there you know so that's the the wonderful part about those
0: crops you know, music's a pretty big thing at WKNC. It's kind of what we do. Uh, what music are you playing while you are out doing the work when you're out gardening? <laughs> what's what's the playlist like?
1: The playlist is, oh, my gosh. I have an eclectic uh, music taste, so it can range anywhere from, like, Beyonce to Coldplay, Uh, if it's a pest, I'm like, you won't break my soul (laughs) for Beyonce. If it's um, easy, like a easy breezy, like I'll do old time, uh, like Motown jams and stuff like that, or like Coldplay is my go-to. So yeah, I have an eclectic mix, just Based upon like, what's happening in the garden, if I feel real good about my garden day, then I might like bust a Rihanna tune or something like that. But if it's like, a um, shucks, if I'm having a hard time, I might even put on some Gossip like Lord help me. <laughs> there's a range, there's a range. Um, but no, I, I love, uh, as most gardeners, if you like, I like to be one with the garden and I am musically inclined, so I love putting on some jams when I'm gardening out in the space, like me my music and just hanging out in nature which is great
0: well thank you so much professor ham for being on the show today We really appreciate you making the time yeah. Um. once again for those new gardeners or even for somebody that's very like experienced if somebody has a question where would you like turn them to is there any books or potentially like some departmental resources
1: um yeah there are some great departmental resources i'm kind of also looking around my my uh office but Vegetable Gardeners Handbook, which is a farmer's almanac resource, um, it's a great book. I think it's maybe less than fifteen dollars. You can get it on like any kind of common store. Again, I already made a plug to uh, the Extension Master Gardeners Handbook, uh, and there are some other ones like uh, Plant Science for Gardeners, especially for those who are just trying to figure out like soil, irrigation, and stuff like that. It gives you like the basic basic of like what you should think about like ph understanding what that means beyond the crops so um i just will leave with you know start small and pat yourself on the back for those small victories all right because that's that's where the fun is happening and enjoy your harvest i'm hoping that you have a harvest (laughs) all right thank you no problem it's great being with you all right
0: Up next, Technician News Editors Heidi, Emily, and Abigail run through their weekly news tidbits.
2: Hello guys, welcome back to Eye on the Triangle. My name is Abigail Ali, and today I am here with... Hey guys, my name is Heidi, I'm the Assistant News Editor at Technician. And I'm Emily, I'm the other Assistant News Editor at Technician. And today we have some cool news tidbits from around the triangle, and yeah, we'll get started. Okay, so for my first tidbit, um, I'm going to be talking about
3: Governor Roy Cooper's proposed budget, which includes funding for an expansion of the North Carolina Zoo, which I thought was really um, exciting. So apparently the original plan for the zoo in the 1960s and 70s was to have sections in the park with plants and animals from all seven continents. Um, But right now they don't have that um, because apparently in the past, state legislators have failed to fund additional continents, like really big ones. So now they have planned finally to open the continent of Asia in 2026. That sounds like they're opening the continent of Asia. Like, congratulations, (laughs) everyone can go to Asia now. (laughs) Roy Cooper (laughs) says so. Yeah, (laughs) they're finally opening the continent. But no, um, just the continent of Asia in the park is going to be open, um, hopefully, if this budget gets approved. So it's going to be a scaled back version of some of the other continents. Like, I believe it's going to be like a much smaller version than like the africa continent which was already made um but it's very exciting because it's going to include tigers komodo dragons king cobras chinese giant salamanders and so many more so i thought this was really cool because i can't wait to see them um but yeah and also fun fact last year the zoo had over 1 million annual visitors for the first time so it's a big tourist destination and i feel like this will only make it even more so yeah
4: you should definitely go before me and Emily get there because we're gonna release all the animals. Exactly. So <laughs> you, if you want to get there soon,
3: <laughs> definitely do that because um, the tigers will come running and the king cobras.
4: Yes, the ki- the king cobras are coming. And main the focus. Chi-
3: I want to see a Chinese giant salamander. I do too.
4: How are they gonna do Antarctica as a continent? Like what's That's a good there? question. What's the, like
3: penguins? Boy,
4: <laughs> how? But like plant wise. Like he said True. plants and animals. Are they going to dig up moss, the ones that take like a hundred years to grow two inches? Like, you it's know, just ice about? cubes. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> they just, this they is our just vegetation get like session. an ice tray. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, but that does sound super fun and I'm excited for the tigers and just a little variation in zoo animals. Yeah. Cause I just I don't know, I feel like we we had some pretty standard animals before. I've only been once and it was a long time ago. So I'm not I don't think I've ever completely updated Wait,
3: yeah, I don't think I've ever been. Maybe I've been once when I was little, but I haven't been in a while. Yeah,
2: but it'll be
4: good. Get yeah. excited.
2: Thank Woo! you, Roy. Thank you. <laughs> okay, guys, for my first tidbit, we are going to be starting with farmer's markets because with the start of spring comes the urge to go to farmer's markets more, and they're starting to extend their hours, and usually they have more produce and goods available this time of year, and or at least coming soon. So in light of this, I thought I would shout out a few around the triangle and yeah. So the first one is obviously going to be the North Carolina State Farmers Market located off Centennial Parkway. This market is in Raleigh and it is massive because as its name suggests, it's supposed to be representative of the state. There are tons of vendors to shop from for, for produce, flowers, cheeses, baked goods, plants and more. And they have, like, the farmer, b- farmer's building, market shops, trucker's building, wholesale terminal, market imports, and three restaurants that make up the whole entire market. So, yeah, it's really, really big. And they have most things. And honestly, you can just make a day of, like, going around the grounds and seeing what's happening. So, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they're open from, like, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. year round. So, definitely check them out because usually they have more stuff in the spring. Um, Yeah. The second one is the Durham Farmers Market. This market is located at Durham Central Park, and their main season begins April 1st with markets Saturdays 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. They offer produce, artisanal goods, and handmade goods. And something really cool about them is that they prioritize making food accessible. So they do accept WIC, Farmers Market Nutrition Program, checks and SNAP slash EBT um, credits. Um, They also have a few more programs similar to that, so check out their website at durhamfarmersmarket.com for more information on those. Um, And then finally, there's the Chapel Hill Farmers Market, which also offers things like local produce, fish, farm products, and crafts. Their main season also starts April 1st and it's located outside of University Place. This farmer's market also accepts snaps slash EBT and farmer's market nutrition checks as well. And they have a double bucks program. Um, So for more information on how those work and what they are and all that good stuff, check out their website at thechapelhillfarmersmarket.com. And yeah, that was quick, but...
3: I love that you're highlighting this, because also one thing I love about the North Carolina Farmer's Market is the restaurant. Yeah. Like, every time mm. it's it's someone brings it up, I love to talk about it, because their biscuits are so good, and, like, mm-hmm. if you guys don't even, like, care about going to a farmer's market and just want to go to somewhere to eat, like, it's so amazing. Everything's, like, fresh and yummy, and I highly recommend getting their biscuits, because they're amazing.
4: Yeah. A lot of the vendors are super sweet, and will also, like, let you try things to mm-hmm. ask yeah
2: yeah it's the best honestly it's amazing farmers it's markets are superior you
4: can have a main character moment you can bring your little tote bag and wear a cute outfit and put vegetables in the yeah tote bag. yeah it's just good and aesthetic. buy flowers like flowers yes, like, yeah flowers. You'll get
2: dinner or like lunch with your friends it's it's so Fun. good it's yeah. amazing
4: Okay, so the Great Raleigh Yard Sale is happening, everyone. <gasps> no
2: way! I know.
4: I just want to mention, the first thing that caught my eye about this article is it began with the line, spring has sprung. Yes! And yes. I just really related to that. I really like love that's that. so true. Because spring, it is so true. Spring, spring, has, back, spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. Guys, that's so true. Immaculate. Great writing. Anyways, it's <laughs> April 1st through the 2nd from 9 a.m. to 5, a, 5 p.m. Excuse me. From 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 5 p.m. And... I was thinking you guys, so you guys could go to Dreamville one day and the yard sale is our day. Since we talked about smart. that. We, mm-hmm. And it's at the Raleigh Market in a special section and you can sell and shop all in one place.
2: That is so much fun. <laughs> I It reminds me of like, there used to be communities in my hometown where they would just have like one day every year where everybody can have a yard sale and you could just like walk around the neighborhood and check everybody's stuff out. And I think it's such a fun thing to do and like. I don't know it's fun to get rid of your stuff but doing a yard sale at least you can get a little bit of cash back and then the way it's designed with that you have like that sense of community and you get to see people and talk to people and it's a lot more fun that way so yeah, yeah I it's think it's like cool
4: a social event it's not yeah. just for buying and selling like you exactly you want talk to people and it's fun and I bet a lot of the people will have really cool stuff there too since like you, you like yard sales i'm sure there'll be like some actual mm-hmm. vendors there as well mm-hmm.
3: yeah that'll be really cool and i i had the same thing where it was like my neighborhood did them and it was always so fun and like also the benefit of like going to a yard sale is you can kind of like negotiate on stuff with people yeah. like, a lot of times the prices aren't set so you can get some good deals so yeah you should go
4: Oh, i lived in the loser neighborhood we never did that
3: <laughs> <laughs> dang. dang rip <laughs> All right, so um, some of you guys may know this, but April is Earth Month, so looking forward to April. Um, and April twentieth is Earth Day, so in honor of Earth Month, the Greg Museum, which is the art museum at NC State, is doing an eco film series um, with three free screenings of nature films. So the first one is going to be on April fourth from three to five p.m., and they're going to screen a film called "The Human Element," which sounds really interesting. It Chronicle is the quest of an environmental photographer to show how the four elements, air, earth, water, and fire, are being altered by the fifth element of human activity. So I thought that was really interesting, and I really want to see this film because I think it's going to be interesting. But if you can't make it to the first one, you can also try and attend. There's going to be two others on April 5th and 6th, and all the info is on the Greg Museum website. But I thought this was cool because it's a free film screening, and I think these are all supposed to be, like, kind of smaller ones. So I think it'll be interesting. Ooh,
2: that's so cool. I love like environmental stuff. And I also love a good movie. So that sounds really cool. And as we've mentioned before, we are stands of the Greg Museum. So I
4: am in fact (laughs) an advocate of the Greg Museum. We love her. So that
2: sounds really cool. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we did in fact make it to the Power of Women in Country Music Exhibit at the North Carolina Museum of History. And we are here to tell you to check it out before it closes for good on April 2nd and if you're feeling super spicy you can attend on April 1st as the museum closes the exhibit out with a concert featuring Eliza Meyer, Alice Gerard, Kay Justice, and Jenny Hawker. This was a really really cool exhibit and it doesn't take a whole lot of time to get through so I highly would recommend taking advantage of it in the last few days if you are able to.
3: Yeah, I actually went back this, um, I guess, like, right before spring break, so, like, last weekend, um, and I took one of my best friends because we wanted to go through it, and it was just as good the second time, so, guys, I highly recommend it. They also have other cool exhibits at the Museum of History that I really like, so, like, while you're there, you can make a whole day of it, Um, and, yeah, it was amazing. Definitely check it out.
4: I think about those boots every day. Yeah, I do too. Honestly, (laughs) and the banjo,
3: Dolly Parton's banjo is
2: so pretty. It changed my life. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah,
4: (laughs) it was amazing. Yeah, I just the whole Dolly Parton exhibit. I think about it was it was amazing. And like I don't even like I'm not a huge country music person, but like I don't know. I'm a feminist, so I guess that counts.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love women. It's like if you're a fan of women or you're a fan of country music, you'll love this exhibit. Yeah, Yeah. for sure.
4: (laughs) Okay, so next I'm going to be doing. It's, I guess it's a bit still, but I'm going to be <laughs> showing out some of the best live music venues for students. It's sort of in the triangle area, kind of focuses on Raleigh. Sorry, I'm a little biased because that's where I am. <laughs> um, I also <laughs> include like the vibes of each place because even if the music is good, you still need like the energy to be right. So, first up, we have Trailer Park. It is kind of far away, it is about a 20 minute drive from um, NC State campus. And that's not great, but it is also good because that means usually, People leave you alone. There's not as many noise complaints and things like that. It is well worth the trek. It is an outdoor venue, and the bands are always really cool, as well as the people attending. Um, It's always a really interesting crowd there. It's $5 to get in. You don't need an ID or anything. And Showtimes can be found on their Instagram. If you do end up going, make sure you wear shoes you don't care about at all, because it gets very muddy there. So, up next is Bowstring Pizza and Brewing. And this venue is a bar. And, but they have an outside section for the stage that, like, opens up during mm-hmm. the summer. And I think sometimes during, like, springtime, since, you know, spring has sprung in this yes. <laughs> time, it's a lot less rowdy and muddy than Trailer Park. Like, there's, like, turf there. It's kind of cleaner. And having a bar is nice. You, on the other hand, you do need to be 21 to get into the actual inside venue. Usually, outside, you can just kind of wander over. And they're not going to, like, mm-hmm. ask you your ID unless you try to buy a drink. The crowd is a little different. It's kind of older and... More millennial and fraternal, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, a different vibe <laughs> of the crowd there. But still a lot of good bands come through there, so definitely check it out. Um, next up is Kings, and Kings is always a little more expensive, usually a $10 cover instead of the normal 5 But the shows I've seen there are always unmatched because a lot of the musicians that play there do it as, like, their career. And so they're crazy mm-hmm. talented. I saw one of the best bassists I've ever seen ever – there he was insane but um they tend to feature more genres than the regular indie rock bands as well because i feel like a lot of the other venues they have like college students playing so it's yeah like indie rock and so if you're looking for other genres like one time there was an experimental noise thing that going on there <laughs> not my vibe but maybe someone else's vibe. i don't know but it, mm-hmm. it was interesting and most ages or most shows are all ages but there is a bar as well so party um <laughs> 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 okay sorry, sorry i'm almost done um poorhouse gets a little shout out because it looks cool and some good bands play there but i have never personally been so i can't like technically give my stamp of advocacy for it but i'm gonna go soon when i turn 21 and it's (laughs) gonna be great and then lastly q house which is on dixie super convenient to walk to and the people who run it are super cool they've had a lot of great bands there and the crowd is always super fun the crowd is similar to the trailer park crowd Mm -hmm. a little more fratty i guess Not millennial, though. (laughs) So um, cover is usually $5, and the line can get long, so go around the time the show starts. But those are my favorites in my experience.
2: Cool. I've heard of most of those. I don't know much about Kings, but I've heard the trailer park is really, really cool. And from the pictures I've seen, it looks really cool. And I have been to the poorhouse, and I really liked it. It's a little small. At least the downstairs part is a little cramped, but the vibes are still really cool so it doesn't really matter that much Mm -hmm. but yeah i think this is really cool
3: yeah we went to kings for the wknc oh i didn't know that's what that was and i love that as well because they had stadler and waldorf there which i think is the coolest venue um edition i've ever seen at any anywhere i've been so yeah (laughs) stadler
4: and waldorf are um they're our muses yeah we love them yeah Yeah. (laughs) true
3: All right, so I'm starting this tidbit off with an interesting fact. Um, in the United States, one in four teens have missed class due to lack of period products, and two in five people struggle to buy period products due to lack of income, which I knew that period poverty was definitely an issue because um, we talked about it in my high school a lot, but I didn't really know that one in four teens have missed class due to that. So um, in 2021, the General, North Carolina General Assembly approved a grant program to give $250,000 to schools for period products, and it took less than a week for the money to run out completely. Um, so two high school students in Cary started a nonprofit called Period Project North Carolina to help address period pro- poverty and get high school students the period products they need. And so um, I just thought this was interesting to highlight, and um, it, I can't believe it's just two high school students. Yeah, like yeah. It's so cool. Um, they set up dispensers and bathrooms so students don't have to go to the front desk to ask for period products because that can sometimes be embarrassing and also it takes away from class time and now they have about 95 ambassadors in 21 different schools so it's really grown and I thought this was really cool because at my school we did in my high school we did like something similar I think it was like a different nonprofit, but it was something along the lines of like period poverty or like something like that period project or something but um this is like really cool that it was started by high school students because the people at my high school it was teachers who started it so I just thought this was cool
2: Yeah that is really cool especially because like I know NC State is a little behind on this like they just started doing that Mm -hmm. too but it's really cool to see like high schoolers advocating for something like that because it is such a big need. Yeah. And I know a lot of people can be uncomfortable with like asking their peers for products or maybe their peers don't have products to give them for the similar reasons you know. Yeah. So I do think that's really cool and we love to see it just because I don't know. I'm a huge advocate for <laughs> taking care of, yeah. Uh, I don't know people with uteruses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
4: I agree. And also like doing things like this, I feel like it's really important. Over like there's still a stigma surrounding periods. Right, it's so is. stupid. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> like get yeah. over it, and like advocating for things like this kind of like kind of helps overcome that. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Definitely.
3: Yeah, what I thought was interesting is like uh, this article is from North Carolina Health News. If you want to check it out um they talked about that but then they also talked about how um it's like the grant has really helped a lot of schools and like especially schools in rural areas where i'm pretty sure there's still a period product like shortage right now and like a lot of their students don't aren't able to get the period products they need and they said that like it's not only like not coming to class because you're on your period and you don't have products but like you know if you like have a stain on your clothes you don't want to get made fun of by your classmates for that and stuff so it's like it lasts longer than just one week of the month. Like, it can last for longer. So, I thought this was good because now people don't have to miss class.
4: I can't believe people... That's so sad people are missing class. For yeah. Birth. That's like medieval times. No, like wa- That's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Okay, we're ending on a high note. Yoga in the park is back at Dorothea Dix. So, the weather has been absolutely beautiful lately, as you probably all know. And it's a literal crime if you don't spend as much time as possible outside. So, a great way to extend your hours outside is to attend Yoga in the Park. Yoga in the Park happens every Monday at 6 p.m. at the Chapel in Dorothea Dix Park. It is free, but you do have to register in advance, so keep that in mind. But, yeah, be prepared. Strap up with your Claritin, and (laughs) the views and the vibes will prepare you for a great spring season. I highly recommend going to this.
4: Wait, the whole that was so good. That was so nice to listen to. The views and the vibes and the whole Clarendon. Wow. I
2: enjoyed that. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) It's almost like she going to join at his own (laughs) school (laughs) or (laughs) something. But yeah, it's cool. That'll be
4: fun. We should we should go.
2: Yeah, I kind of for really the want to the vibes.
4: <laughs> yeah, maybe we can bird birdwatch are there too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we should Love. bring our
2: binoculars. Yes. Ornithology. Yeah. It's my Ornithology.
4: New thing. Okay, I'll bring a yoga mat and binoculars. We need to go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> hey,
2: yoga mat. <laughs> okay, guys, that is all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, that is all for today's episode of Eye on the Triangle. I want to thank Professor Ham for joining us today. And good luck to anyone that's trying some spring gardening this year. I hope everything that you plant grows successfully. As always, you can catch more episodes of Eye on the Triangle on WCANC slash podcast. I hope everyone has a lovely week and enjoys this great spring weather. Music for today's episode has been Green Green Garden by Chris Hogan. Licensed under the YouTube Audio Library.